Dwight Eisenhower, World War II Supreme Allied Commander and later President of the United States once said, In preparing for battle, I have always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. I've always liked this quote because it speaks to the heart of obtaining successful outcomes. Today, we're talking about goal setting and the process that I use for setting goals, planning for their success, and what to do after you reach it. Welcome to Episode 9 of Everyday Marksman, the podcast where we talk about tactical skills for an adventurous life. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, and you can find today's show notes at everydaymarksman.co slash nine. It's everydaymarksman.co forward slash the number nine. And there you'll find all the links and images I post along with this episode. Now, one quick detour before hitting the meat of today's show is that I had an Ask Me Anything thread running in our community forum, and I have a question that I wanted to address on the show. So the question comes from Pete, who asked, I'm going to approach several of my friends about doing more outdoor activities, especially the kinds of things that you talk about on the site. I don't want to be a lone wolf when it all hits the fan, and most of us are various flavors of nerds who spend way too much time indoors. I know I can get one friend on board, but I think that the rest will be a hard sell. Any advice? Well, not going to lie, Pete, that is a difficult situation. I think you've hit a common problem across all of the shooting sports and preparedness. It's pretty easy for people to buy stuff and think that they're all set. It's very different when it comes time to actually make them get off the couch and go practice or train. There's too much ego at risk or it's just, it's just not important to them. The best advice I can give is that you need to approach it from the angle of what's in it for me. And I don't mean that as me, as in me or you, but what's in it for them. As I'm going to talk about in today's episode on goals, people don't really want to do the inconvenient thing unless they sincerely believe there's a valuable payoff at the end. What motivates you, such as being ready for the stuff hitting the fan, might be enough. But for others who have a laundry list of other problems and priorities in life, such a hypothetical end-of-the-world scenario seems important-ish, but not enough to bump it higher on their schedule than everything else they've got going on. So you've got to find a way to communicate that payoff to them. Okay, so that's my answer for this episode's AMA. Uh, you can jump in the form everydaymarksman.co forward slash community and post more questions there. I'll be sure to address them on air as they come up. Let's talk about today's content. Today's episode covers three topics. Each of them focus on some important aspect of setting and achieving goals. First, we'll talk about selecting and writing down the goal. And secondly, and this is where most people fall short, we're going to talk about how to actually plan for the success of that goal. Lastly, we'll talk about some of the common mental pitfalls that stop you from achieving whatever desire you have. And I'm really only going to focus on one here, and it's a big one. Why are we talking about this topic today? Well, that's a great question. Everyone I know has, at some point, set a target for themselves. Maybe it's a marksmanship or a fitness-related goal, or perhaps it was professional. Think about it. What was the last one you set for yourself? 
Did you reach it? If you did, then I'm happy for you. But most people never really hit all of the marks. Look, I'm not here to sell you on a quick and easy path to success. Any goal that is truly worth something to you will take work. And I know you're tired of having everyone else try and sell you a shortcut. If there's anything I've learned from all these experts I've been talking to, there is no such thing as a shortcut. Success looks an awful lot like work. My goal-setting techniques are a blend of ideas I've brought together from the world of technical training, the work of performance coaches like Lanny Basham, and a subtle mindset shift I've picked up from the business world. I want to share them with you because I want you to succeed. Are you ready? Well, let's get to it. Let's talk about crafting goals and what you're probably doing wrong. If you're like most people in the professional world, you've been taught SMART goals. That's S-M-A-R-T. And if you're not familiar with it, that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bounded. Now, to be clear, there isn't really anything wrong with SMART goals. Used correctly, they make for some pretty good guidelines. And the trouble that most people have is just not enough practice for each of those components. To me, the thing that's glaringly lacking from SMART goals is an actual plan. As a commander of mine once said, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So let's talk about writing better goals. With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham is one of my favorite books. My method partly comes from him though it's a little bit less rigid. The first step in a proper goal is to decide exactly what it is that we want to achieve and when. When we talk about specificity, you need to think about the end state and not the process. For example, let's take two goals. Goal number one is I want to lose 20 pounds. Goal number two is I want to weigh 100 and 90 pounds or less. If the person who wrote these weighs 210 pounds today, then what's the distinction between the goals? They both say the same thing, right? They just state different ways of looking at the target. Do I lose 20 or do I weigh less than my current weight minus 20? And this is where the psychology comes into play with how we think about our goals. Successful people always talk in terms of how they see themselves at the end. If you don't keep your eyes focused on the outcome, then you're going to get lost along the way. The person who wrote the first goal, I want to lose 20 pounds, is more likely to say something like, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. When they're having conversations with friends, oh, yeah, I'm on a diet, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. But by constantly talking in terms of trying, they subconsciously program their minds to never really reach the goal. They don't see themselves as someone who weighs 190 pounds. Instead, they are someone who is perpetually trying to lose 20 pounds. Another example is smokers. Do you know anybody who is perpetually trying to quit? Sometimes they get close, only to revert and continue trying. 
This is a self-image problem since they don't actually focus on the outcome of I don't smoke. It's a subtle difference. And to recap it, step one of choosing a specific goal is to choose the end state that you envision. Step two is deciding exactly how you will measure such a goal and under what conditions. To truly demonstrate progress, measurement must be done in a controlled and consistent manner. For example, the goal of hitting the X-ring doesn't say a whole lot by itself. Am I shooting from a standing, kneeling, sitting, or prone? Am I shooting outside in calm weather, or indoors, or in a cold or windy or rainy day? How much time do I have to prepare for the shot? What kind of rifle will I be using? Is it slung? Do I get match ammo? All of these questions go into the specificity of the measurement. When I first became a formal training instructor for the Air Force, one of the first things they taught us was an academic objective writing exercise. And the format they use is called CBR, which stands for Condition, Behavior, and Standard. Every objective that we taught follows this format. Under what condition will the student perform the requirement, the actual requirement itself, and then the standard they were held to? Now, we further broke that down into knowledge objectives and performance objectives, which are pretty clear. One is, what do you know? And the other is, what can you do? An example of a knowledge objective might look like, without reference, recall basic facts about the history of nuclear deterrence to a minimum standard of 70%. A performance objective might read, given a checklist, perform launch control center emergency power and air procedure in less than two minutes without error. Do you see where I'm going with this? Here's how I might incorporate that information into goals. Starting out with our weight loss example. Standing on a bathroom scale in the morning, after a shower and before breakfast, weigh 190 pounds or less. Here's another one. From a sitting position outside in calm weather, using my primary match rifle, place at least three out of five shots in the X ring of a standard A23 target from 50 yards. Here's another one. From a fasted state within one hour of waking up, complete a three mile ruck over gentle hills in 45 minutes or less. These goals are all specific and include the measurement conditions within them. I know exactly when I have achieved my goal and I can clearly chart my progress towards that goal for feedback and review. Now, what I haven't mentioned yet is the whole time-bounding achievability and relevancy though of our SMART goals. Now, your goal, whatever it is, needs to be challenging. Easy goals simply don't motivate us the way that difficult goals do. Achieving a difficult goal gives us a stronger dose of positive neurotransmitters in our brain and they make us feel good about ourselves. Failing at our goals does the opposite. What we need to do is balance those two factors the best that you can. Pick a goal that's difficult that you will feel rewarded when you achieve but don't pick something so impossible that you're going to feel nothing but frustration. A common problem that I see is people picking goals in areas they simply don't have a lot of knowledge or experience with. If you don't know a lot about a subject, it's easy to incorrectly estimate what a fair amount of time would be to give yourself or how difficult a goal might be. 
or even if you're tracking the right data points. I made this mistake early on in my marksmanship journey. The objectives I set for myself were certainly challenging, but guys like Sean at Loose Rounds or John at the Firearms User Network were quick to point out that they were probably too aggressive for my starting point. And I really valued that feedback because nobody else was going to tell me that and that I was going to get mad that I wasn't able to, on demand, hit a four-inch circle at 300 yards. Not that that was actually the goal. I, I can't remember what it was anymore. So what does it mean to be relevant? To me, from the training world, we call this validity. Is your goal and your measurement tool actually targeting the right thing? Here's another example. A lot of people use the number on the scale as the sole indicator of health. However, health and fitness experts generally agree that measuring the weight of a person is not nearly as good an indicator of health as using body fat percentage and strength. If you take two women of roughly the same body type who both weigh 140 pounds, but one has a body fat percentage of 20% and the other a body fat percentage of 30%, the former may look like a toned swimsuit model and the other will look flabby, but they weigh the same amount. And that gets us to timing, is that you have to give yourself a deadline, but you need to be realistic. As another example, dropping 10% body fat in a short amount of time is also unhealthy and comes with a high risk of rebound. So the difficulty and proper time for programming a 10% drop in body fat has to be accounted for. But if you don't know those scientific facts, you don't know that process, you may think you could just starve your way there. You can't. So when you set a goal, you have to do your homework. Now, before we move on to the next part of this, think right now. Formulate a goal using conditioned behavior and standard format and say it out loud to yourself. I'll give you a moment to think of something. Okay, you got one? Here's mine. Using a home scale with a body fat measuring capability, drop at least 5% body fat by December 31st, 2019. As I'm recording this, it is middle of September, 2019. I have a six-week-old baby at home. And to be honest, my, my health and fitness goals have been on the back burner. I've gained a little weight. So I'm looking at my goals now. What can I do by the end of the year? All right, so I've got a specific goal. I have my condition, using a home scale with a body fat monitor. I have my behavior, drop at least 5% body fat. I have my deadline, December 31st, 2019. Okay, you got yours? Let's move on to the next part. Now that we've covered the act of writing the goal and even have one to work with, let's talk about what most people actually skip planning to get there. To help you get organized with this, I put together a little PDF sheet. You go ahead and find that on the show notes, everydaymarksman.co forward slash nine, and you'll see it there right at the top. So let's get to brass tacks. Like my commander said, a goal without a plan is a wish, and he didn't want me to bring him wishes. So how much do you care about achieving your goal? What are you willing to give up to reach it? Don't make the mistake of thinking that just wanting it is enough. In another book, Mastery by George Leonard, he talks about the concept of homeostasis. 
Now, we learn about this in school as the cell biology and how the body wants to maintain the same temperature and stay healthy. But the same thing happens to our relationships and our behaviors. Whatever life pattern or social relationship or obligation you have established to this point, these things are going to fight against you and resist any effort you make to change something about your life. Change is hard. It makes others feel uncomfortable. So what are you going to give up? My fat loss goal is not going to happen by itself. It's going to take eating right and exercising and discipline. With a new baby around the house, finding time to do those things is hard. If you picked a fitness goal, what are you willing to give up or rearrange to find time to exercise? Can you wake up any earlier? Can you work out during lunch? Are you willing to put up with ribbing and teasing from friends about your newfound clean eating habits while they smash down cake and junk around the office? Are you prepared for the increased time and fiscal commitment to buying and cooking your own food? If these factors bother you more than not reaching your goal, then you will fail. Whatever your goal, are you willing to trade your life for it? the answer is no, then stop here, go back, and pick another goal that you are willing to trade that for. And by life, I don't mean literally trade your life for. What I mean is trade your current lifestyle. Failing to reach your goals will only put you into a spiral of frustration and failure. It will hurt any other goals that you have and only reinforce this image of yourself as someone who just never makes your goals. So you want to pick one that you're committed to. And once you've got your goal, put that fair deadline on it. And Yes, you need the deadline. It's time to plan. So let's talk about planning. First, list the things that might stop you from achieving the goal. As an example, let's look at my fat loss goal. Time. Time is big. I don't have a lot of it. So time required to exercise, to cook, or to eat more slowly because I know eating really quick is a bad habit too. Those are all factors. Those things can slow me down and stop me from making my goals. But financial resources. It costs more to buy high-quality whole foods in the right quantities. How about social relationships? All right, People might give me a hard time for not participating in our team lunches or happy hours or other social events. And there's also a convenience factor. It's easier for me to buy lunch at work than worry about the logistics of cooking, packing, carrying, reheating, and then cleaning containers. It's just easier to run down the cafeteria, buy what's on the the little slide, run back and eat it and throw it all away. Convenience matters. Now, once you list out all of the things that might hold you back, for each of those, list as many ways you can to counteract that limitation. For time, for me, that could be waking up earlier. It could mean picking more efficient workouts than my average of 75 minutes. It could mean I eat smaller meals throughout the day. Or I go work out during lunch instead of trying to do it early in the morning or after I get home from work. For financial resources, it means building a budget that involves less Starbucks, less designer coffee, less niceties like satellite radio or luxury cell phones or good beer and wine 
You know, all these things that I spend money on or that we all spend money on that we could put towards something more productive. When it comes to my social relationships, I can pre-build a list of comebacks and quips, or I can just find more supportive relationships with others who are going to join me on my journey. And that's part of the reason we have the Everyday Marksman community. And when it comes to convenience, well, there's no way around that one. Embrace the suck. <laughs> all right, it's called adulting. I should learn how to do it sometime. Now, the next step in this process, we have our goal. We have our hazards. We have our countermeasures. The next step is to pick intermediate goals along the path. If I want to drop 5% body fat by December 31st, then I should set a goal for myself to keep myself on track, say, dropping 2% by November 15th. For example, maybe some of the countermeasures you came up with deserve their own goals, such as figuring out your actual caloric demand and macronutrient breakdown within the next seven days. I said this wouldn't be easy. It takes time and thought. But by doing these steps, you're planning for your success rather than hoping. You've crossed over that bridge from wishing to doing. And as you begin checking off all of your small goals, then you get that hit of feel-good hormones every time, and it motivates you to keep going. Done correctly, with enough intermediate goals along the way, achieving your final goal should almost feel automatic, as if it was the foregone conclusion of all of the work you've put in. So the next question you have to ask yourself is, what's next? You should always, always have the next goal ready to go. For me, I already know that once I hit a certain body fat percentage, I want to pivot to strength. Maybe it's a ruck time. Maybe it's a squat load. What's it for you? Now, before closing, I want to talk a little bit about mindset. Not long ago, I was listening to a business podcast and heard part of an interview with Marie Forleo, now, she's a big motivational speaker and life coach popular with a lot of women, and she's on a book tour for her new book, Everything is Figureoutable. For the few minutes I listened to the interview, she said something that resonated with me, and I want to share with you. Too many people say, I can't, instead of I won't. And when it comes to achieving goals, it's easy to say, oh, I can't do that, and brush off the inconvenience of changing habits. I can't wake up before 6 a.m., I can't afford to go get training. I can't fill in the blank. The truth is, for 90% of these circumstances, what they really mean is I won't. I won't make time to go to the gym. I won't cut back on coffee, beer, or eating out to afford training. I won't achieve my goals. By switching your mindset from saying I can't to saying I won't, then you are subconsciously admitting that the reason you don't achieve your goals is internal. It's not a problem of the outside world holding you back, but of your own motivations and priorities. Jocko Willink once addressed this behavior bluntly. And I said it the other day, and you have to realize, you have to know, you have to accept that all your excuses are lies. All of your excuses 
are lies. It's a hard realization for a lot of us, but it's the first step towards owning your success. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Once again, you can find today's show notes at everydaymarksman.co forward slash nine. While you're there, you'll find the transcript and the downloadable goal-setting worksheet that I put together for this episode. Be sure to leave a comment and let me know about how you felt about this episode. Maybe tell me the goals you're working on. If you're brand new to the Everyday Marksman and want to support the show, click the big green subscribe button at the bottom of the page. If you've been listening for a while and want another way to support us, I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for links. All I ask is that you share the show with someone else. Share it with somebody who you think would benefit from what we're doing. That's it for me, guys. Have a great day. I will catch you next time.